0: Hey folks, welcome to the Sermon's podcast of Christ Church at Grow Farm. Whether it's your first time or you've been here since the beginning, we are thrilled to be a part of your spiritual walk and look forward to all that Christ is doing in your life. If you are looking for more information about Christ Church or you would like to connect with one of our pastors or ministry leaders, you can reach us on our website, ccgf.org. You can also connect with us on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Here is this week's message grace and peace to you got a good report to share with you um, as you know our middle school ministry and college and career ministry are having a retreat this weekend they've been in laurelville and um i'm hearing back that robbie says pastor robbie says this is the best retreat in 15 years that he can remember Amen. and yeah and last night i got a text and these guys are telling me the lord is good just celebrating so here's what i want to do in this moment i want to pray over those students specifically and those young adults who've had this great experience, that the Lord would protect that. And that he would fan that flame and he would just grow them um, in the love of the Lord as a result of this time this weekend. That the enemy wouldn't snatch it away. So join in praying and, and also we're going to pray over our time here as we prepare to hear from the word this morning. Let's pray. God, we do celebrate and thank you for what's taken place this weekend in Laurelville. We thank you for the good report that not only did the kids have a blast and have a great time, but Lord, that something special has happened there. That your presence has touched the students and the young adults who've been gathered. Thank you, Lord, for that. And I pray, Lord, that as they uh, go home today, they head for, for, for their homes, I pray that you would protect that seed of faith. Some who have come to know you for the first time this weekend, that you would protect that and grow that seed of faith that's in them, Lord. And they would indeed grow to love you and serve you and know you more and more as they continue to grow in maturity. Lord, be with us as we continue to grow in maturity. And we look at your word this morning. We pray that you would speak to us and teach us. And we ask this all in Jesus' name, amen. I had a meeting this weekend. And when I was interacting and having a discussion with this friend of mine, he asked me a question in, in the midst of our conversation. He said, he said, is every person a child of God? And I thought to myself, can I phone a friend? Can I ask the audience? And so I'm gonna ask you, right? Is every person a child of God? Think about that. Is, is every person a child of God? Interesting. We had a lot of yes, a vocal yes come back. I want to point you to the scriptures. Look at the scriptures. Here's what the scriptures say: John chapter 1, verses 9 through 12: the true light that gives light to everyone, was coming into this world. That light, of course, is Jesus. He was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. You, check, you catch that? To those who believe in Jesus, he's given the right to become children of God. Here's how this works. This might resonate with you. Maybe you've had this experience. Let me break it down for you. Listen, it's, it's when the gospel is made known. We've been talking about the four Ds. When the gospel is made known, the first D is design, that God is a designer, and he has lovingly created us in his image. He loves us. He's created us. He's invested in us. But then we've talked about the second D that there's this defiance that's entered, entered the picture, and that defiance is our sinfulness, and it's broken relationship with God. And this, this designer who's made us lovingly, we we broken fellowship with him, and this sin leads to death. So there's a problem. Well, God delivers a solution. That's the third D. He delivers a solution to us through his son, Jesus Christ, who is the son of God. And Jesus lived a life as an example, He went to the cross, and through his death, he paid for sin. He was put into a grave, but he was raised from the dead by the power of God. And so this great design, this defiance that enters the picture, but this solution that God's delivered, it all sets up this moment when the Holy Spirit shows us, helps us see who Jesus is. And that's when the decision, the fourth D, comes into play right and in that decision boom faith is made faith is born in that have you had an experience like that that that's how one becomes a child of god look everyone's created in god's image he's the designer but only those who trust in jesus have been adopted made heirs we talked about this in ephesians last week been brought into his household are children of god incredible. What an incredible truth, right? We would say this, God laid on Jesus the sin that we performed. God laid on Jesus the sin that we performed, and God laid on us the righteousness that he performed. You get that? that that's what's taken place in, in that great moment when the gospel's heard, when your faith is born. God lays the, the sin, the iniquity that you and I have done, which we have performed, and he takes what Jesus has performed, his righteousness, and he lays it on us. It's incredible. And that's, that's called justification. We've been justified. Our sinfulness exchanged exchange for the righteousness of Jesus Christ. You know, Jeremiah just read to us from, from, from Romans chapter five. And he started in verse three. But let me take you back to Romans five, one and two. Listen to what Romans five, one and two says. It says, therefore, since we have been justified, we've been made children of God. The, the, the sin that we performed has been laid on Jesus. And the righteousness that Jesus performed has been laid on us. Since we've been justified through faith, not by our actions, through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You feel that? that? I mean, isn't that great? Are you a child of God? We have peace with God through Jesus. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we have, we have this grace in which we now stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Oh, this is powerful. Listen, we have peace with God. As children of God, we have peace with God. That's incredible. And then we have this great like, confidence. We glory in the grace in which we stand. Because we're children of God, we we have this, this grace in which we stand presently. And we rejoice. That's why we just sing songs like this with all of our heart. That's why we get together. We raise our hands and we sing our voice, lift our voices. Because we rejoice in this grace in which we now stand. But it's not only that. There's a future hope. There's a present hope we have But there's a future hope too. It's called the hope of glory. We have this hope of glory that someday we will be together with God for all of eternity and we'll enjoy him forever. And and, and what Romans 5 says is that we have this peace with God. We're children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. We stand in this grace today and we look ahead to someday in eternity with him where we'll enjoy him and be with him forever and ever. Isn't it amazing? But here's the thing. Right now, until that time comes, we face trials. We face tribulations. We face sufferings. I mean, how many of you know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, we have this great, this great hope in Christ, we stand in grace, we're children of God. But on the other hand, the reality of this life is: man, a lot of suffering, a lot of tribulations, a lot of trials. I gotta tell you, as I've been preparing for this, this message, and we're gonna be looking at, at Romans 5, as you know this morning, I struggled um, with this feeling woefully inadequate to share this message with you about suffering. I mean, here's what I know. There are many, both who are here in this room present, who are worshiping via Christ Church online. There are many who have experienced incredible suffering. I mean, debilitating, physical, emotional pain and suffering. I know that's true. I mean, there's some that's even taken them to, to the, the, the doorstep of death. I mean, Paul, who wrote this letter... This this chapter that we're reading today in the book of Romans, Paul was beaten. He was imprisoned. Paul was beheaded ultimately. So we talk about suffering. We we talk about tribulations. Man, the things we're experiencing, I feel woefully inadequate. But But I will tell you this. As we experience these, I want you to know what Paul shows us. Paul shows us this. There is a purpose to trials and sufferings. That's where we're headed today. There's a purpose to trials and sufferings in this life, what we're experiencing. And I want you to hear that. Maybe, maybe if you're not a child of God, maybe if you haven't trusted Jesus, you're like, well, okay, I want to hear more about that. There's a purpose to my trials, to my sufferings, to my pain. And if you are a child of God, if you have trusted in Christ, if you've had that place where your faith was born that moment maybe you're also saying i need to hear this i need to be reminded of the purpose that god has for us in trials so so we're going to talk about this and i want you to know this this is not just for those who've experienced the worst heaviest most difficult kinds of of trials and sufferings we're going to look at that in a moment this is for everyone And, and i want to speak to you today to to your hearts. I want to speak to you from my heart to your hearts as we consider God's heart on this matter. So let's turn again to Romans chapter 5. If you have your Bible, you can open up to Romans 5 in the New Testament. If you have the Bible app, go there with us. Follow along. It's a good thing. Make some notes. It's a good thing to do, and you can reflect on what God is saying to us through this this passage. Let's go ahead and read again verses 3 and 4. The Scripture says... Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. So he says here, he says, not only so, or not only that. In other words, not only do we glory, do we celebrate the hope of heaven. The hope of being with God forever and ever and ever and enjoying his presence. Not only do we do that, he says, but we also glory, we also celebrate, we also magnify the name of God in our sufferings. In our suffering. I mean, this hardly makes sense to the human brain, doesn't it? I mean, who says, oh, not only do we look forward to heaven and this this triumph and this, this great experience with God for all of eternity, but we also glory in our sufferings, in our difficulties, in our trials. It's really, it, it's confounding almost to the human mind to consider this. And, and, you know, when we talk about sufferings, and by the way, I'm going to use the word sufferings. I'll use the word trials. I'll use the word tribulations. I'm going to say all those words. Trials, sufferings, tribulations are our are, are test to your faith, any test to your faith could be considered a suffering or trial or tribulation. I mean, broken relationships. Have you had some broken relationships that sure feel like a trial? Or or how about this? If it's not that, it's, it's health concerns, health problems. Health concerns can feel a lot like suffering. I know some of you have experienced that. And if it's not that, it's just the everyday inconveniences... That can make us feel like we're going through some trials and tribulations. I was just talking to someone in the Minton Commons this morning, and they were telling me, yeah, it's been a week where one thing after another took place in our family. That feels a lot like a trial, like a tribulation. Listen, anything that makes life harder and threatens your faith is a tribulation. So when I say I'm talking to everyone here, I'm talking to everyone. Yeah, there are some who are undergoing severe suffering tribulation trials not only here but across the world there are people being persecuted for their faith i don't want to minimize that but i also want to say this don't minimize whatever suffering trial tribulation you may go be going through just because you're not in being imprisoned and your life isn't online doesn't mean that god isn't working through your life through the trials and tribulations that you face to maybe help make this make sense i want to show you a video i sat down with one of my mentors the great, great former Steeler John Kolb. And John has some things to share with us that I think will maybe help us understand these trials and tribulations and sufferings that we experience. Watch this. So, John, you have to have some great stories about uh, persevering and enduring from your time with the Steelers.
1: Well, I actually, just to get there was a uh, persevering and enduring in my mind. Uh, in the ninth grade, I was uh, 120 pounds mm. and I didn't get a uniform. Mm. Not, and so all my friends played football on Friday nights and not me. I had to climb up the back of the stadium. Wow. So I took my hay hauling money and I bought uh, some weights and started lifting weights and I started growing. But God bless that. And uh, yeah. and again, it was an over it was an overcoming
0: thing. What are you learning as a father as your son goes through muscular dystrophy? I got him a little
1: white kitten when he was like six or seven years old. We lived on a farm and he loved this kitten. And one day I was in a hurry going to practice and I did not realize that the kitten had crawled up under the wheel well. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I backed up and I ran over the kitten. And I remember him. Saying, fix it, Daddy, fix it, Daddy. Yeah. And up to that point, for the first six years of his life, I could fix it. Yeah. But it, it's different trying to fix a kitten and then when you want your son to be able to get up and walk, mm. to be to be able to mm. to take care of himself. Mm. And so we just, you know, we trust and we play. As things go harder and harder, his he is forged more and more mm. in uh, mm in in
0: towards the Lord wow you went to Africa recently and climbed Kilimanjaro and you told me a really incredible story about that experience
1: yes you know and, and people need to understand there's hiking and there's climbing mm. and I like hiking but this is five days of climbing and every hour or so they take a break and then uh, when they're ready to go they say twin day you and so I said, what's that mean? It says, let's go up. Mm. And as we got to the top, the, the altitude's getting to you. And, and the last thousand feet, I'm thinking, twin day Jew, they said. And I said, if God don't show up, I ain't going up. Mm. And, and then I got to that top, and there's this rock thing. And they got a sign. You have now climbed the highest point in Africa, mm. the highest volcanic mountain in the world. And so after we got to the bottom, I thought, I always need to have something in my life to end Jew that if God don't show up, mm. I ain't going up. Mm.
0: If you were going to give some encouragement to those who are facing difficulties, trials, tribulations, and, and the, the thought of enduring or persevering is really hard, what would you say to them?
1: When you think about God in the creation and He knew me, before he made the heavens and the earth, and and the days that were ordained for me. And so all this has been planned out. And so God is using those, the things that grow us. You know, we were one, the Steelers were one in 13 my rookie year with Joe Green. Those were the things that forged us into. Wow. Well, the people in Pittsburgh threw snowballs at us. Yeah. 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 <laughs> at that time. <laughs> You know, but those, those were the times that, that built you into a team that, mm-hmm. that uh, mm-hmm. won six Super Bowls. Forged. Yeah, mm-hmm. forged.
0: Isn't that great? Yes, please give John a round of applause. It was great sitting down with him. And, and by the way, John is going to be in the Commons this morning. He's, he's got a nonprofit that he runs, and it's called Adventures in Training with a Purpose. And what they do is they're serving uh, people who, who, whose insurance has run out and they can't get the physical therapy they need. Incredible stories. He has some videos out there. You need to see them. And so th- there are senior adults that he's working with. There are veterans that he's working with. Homeless. I mean, it's incredible what a ministry. Go and learn more about it. Maybe there's a way you can connect to that ministry. And also, you know, I mentioned his son, Eric, who has muscular dystrophy. He's written a book, and John has a few copies of those books out there. You might be interested in picking one of those up and just reading about how his son is persevering and learning about how adventures and training with a purpose is is helping those who are suffering persevere through the difficulties. So please check out that and see John and say hi to him in, in in the commons after the service. You know, back to our text here... Paul says that we glory in our sufferings. We celebrate. We magnify God. We glory in our sufferings. That doesn't compute. That we exalt God, that we rejoice in our sufferings. What what do you do when life gets harder? I'll tell you what I do when life gets harder. I complain. That's my wife. I grow self-absorbed. Or I have a tendency to be critical in my words rather than loving. It's not rejoicing that necessarily comes natural to me. Rejoice? Well, here's the thing. Rejoicing doesn't mean that we're expected to be happy amid troubles. What it means is that we should delight in what those troubles will do in our lives. You see the difference there? When, it, when the scriptures talk about rejoicing and suffering, I don't think that the Bible being like un, 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 ununder, without understanding or not being real. No, it understands that it's difficult for us. But it's also encouraging us to have a, a view, a picture of what God's doing. And we delight in what the troubles, what the suffering, what the tribulation, the trials will do in our lives. That's what we're looking at here this morning. You know, how do we do this? How do we, how do we face troubles with a sense of delight because of what we'll do, God will do? Well, we, we do that because we have peace with God. We do that because we stand in his grace. We could do this because we're children of God. What I have for us that I want to look at from this text are what I would call three principles for sufferers. You might want to jot these down. You know, If, if you're either right now undergoing some, some trial or suffering, or maybe someone you know is, or if you're going to have one coming up the bend, because we all experience trials and tribulations and sufferings, then I want you to write down these principles. The first principle is this. Suffering brings about perseverance. Suffering brings about perseverance. You know, another word that's used in translations is endurance. We can use those interchangeably also. Suffering brings about perseverance or endurance. So all of my daughters, all three of them, have had braces. They've all had braces. I mean, when the, when the orthodontist sees us coming, he hears the little cash register noise. Cha-ching! Here we come. Here comes the Girgo family, all with their braces on. And, you know, when, when we show up, I mean, it's interesting. My, my youngest daughter is going to evidently have braces, not once, but twice. Twice. She has, like, preliminary braces right now. Does this sound like a pyramid scheme to you? I mean, come on. It's killing me. Preliminary braces? Why can't we just do it once? She's got like the pre-braces. You know, when the, when the littlest one did get her braces on, there were a couple days where she was, her face, their faces hurt, right? They get the braces and their faces hurt. Well, well the littlest one, when she had the braces uh, on for the first time, there was a couple days where she really didn't eat much. She, she didn't talk a whole lot. Honestly, my wife really enjoyed it, I think, secretly. This, this was suffering for my little daughter. This was was a tribulation for her. You know, I wonder, when we face trials and tribulations, what do we do? When you face something that's hard or painful or frustrating, what do we do? Well, hopefully, if you're a child of God, because you, you have peace with God, because you stand in His grace, here's what we should do. We look to God. We turn to Christ rather than complaining and and being bitter and being resentful. The thing that we should do actually is we turn to God in the midst of our suffering. We were trying to teach our little one that as she was facing the the face hurt thing with the braces. But it's true for all of us in our suffering and our trials and tribulations. This is something that's meant to to cause us to turn to the Lord, to look to Christ. And and when we face something hard and painful and difficult, when we turn to God, when we turn to Christ, what happens? Our faith perseveres and we grow stronger. Do you see it? This is is how we approach trials and sufferings. I get it. It's tempting to to complain and be bitter and resentful. But actually, we have to train ourselves to turn to God because of what the Scriptures say we actually glory in our suffering. You know, I, I love that John Kolb told that story about climbing Mount Kilimanjaro, which is impressive, by the way. I love he told that story, and he said, look, if God doesn't show up, I ain't going up. Didn't you love that? And, and I love what, what's inherent in that, that John is saying basically, look, if I don't turn to God in the midst of this difficult thing, then I'm not gonna make it through. That, that's in essence what the attitude of the person who's a child of God is when we face trials and tribulations and sufferings. Suffering brings about perseverance, so we turn to God and say, God, if you don't show up, I can't go up. I can't do this. That that is the attitude, and I love it. John also said this. He said that, that he always needs something in his life that's causing him to say, God, if you don't show up, I can't go up. Don't you get that? And so why do we have trials? Why do we have suffering? Look, could it be that the Lord is actually trying to teach us to turn to Him and know Him? And so the first principle for sufferers is this. Suffering brings about perseverance. Okay, let's keep on going. The, the second principle I want to put before you is like it. It's building on the first one. It's this. Perseverance brings about maturity. Perseverance brings about maturity. That's the second Principle I want to put for you. Again, John's video, his interview. You know, he talked about his son Eric who has the muscular dystrophy. And Can't you relate to this? John said he had this feeling of helplessness. That he wants to fix the problem. That he wants to end Eric's suffering. But he can't. You know, there's this this reality of it. It it reminds me of a story I heard this week about a young woman. There's There's a young woman who's connected to our church here who had a traumatic labor and delivery recently. I've never heard anything like it. Traumatic labor and uh, delivery. And because of this, she's experiencing significant, significant physical trauma and and ailments in the aftermath of this birth. She's also, on top of that, got postpartum depression. it's, It's PTSD. She's suffering, and she's, like, crippled by the way, you should pray for her. You know, you you, you don't know her name, but God does. You should pray for this this young woman. And, And here's the thing, like John's son, Eric, we would pray that she would meet Jesus in the midst of the suffering. That's what's happening in Eric's life. And that's what we would hope would happen in this young woman's life. It reminds me of James chapter one. James chapter one is like a parallel to what we're reading here in Romans five. It's very similar language, actually. Check it out. Look at James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. We could study these actually in parallel. The scripture says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. I mean, there it is again. Consider it pure joy. Rejoice when you face trials, sufferings of many kinds. There's that word perseverance or endurance again. It's right before us. But it says something also. It says, know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. The testing of your faith produces perseverance. You know, this this testing is not like an SAT. It's not some standardized test. It's not like a pop quiz. It's not that kind of test. The kind of test that the scriptures are referring to here is, is a testing like that steel goes under, under, undergoes. I mean, think about tempering. You ever, you ever seen or heard about the tempering of steel? What they do when they temper steel is they put it in an incredibly hot fire and heat it up to a really high temperature. That's what happens to the steel. And then they take it out and cool it you know what happens to the steel? It becomes tougher. It becomes stronger because of that experience of being heated up to an incredible temperature and cooled back down. All of a sudden, it's stronger than it was before. And so listen, suffering and trials and tribulations are like a fire that makes your faith stronger and tougher. Do you see it? I mean, I mean... This perseverance is meant to bring about maturity, strength in your character, toughness about you, actually. So, what happens is you come through the fire of your suffering, of your trial, and your tribulation, and here's what you feel you feel like your faith is more real, you feel like your faith is more authentic. We want to get out of the fire, and God says, No, no, be in the fire. Because your faith will be more authentic, more real, tougher, stronger as a result of the experience. Do you hear what I'm saying? How many of you can attest to this? Right? There's, there's some people who said, yeah, I know what that's like. I've been through the fire, and I've come out stronger and tougher. So we've got our two principles so far. The first principle is this, that suffering brings about perseverance. We have our second principle, that perseverance, the fire, brings about maturity in us. And then the third principle is this, maturity Brings about hope. Maturity brings about hope. You know, um, one of the, the faithful members here at Christ Church is a guy named Mark Ratty. A lot of you know Mark Raddy, And Mark, just this past month, lost his beloved wife, Rita, to cancer. Interesting, you know, Mark and, and Rita got married just seven years ago, later in life. That's because both of them lost their first spouses to cancer. So here's Mark now. Mark has lost not one, but two wives. Two wives that he loved to cancer. We just had a memorial service right here yesterday. It was beautiful. She's seen the testimonies and heard what was shared about Rita. And I can tell you this Mark has been through the fire. Mark Ratty has been through, he'll tell you, he's been through the fire. But his faith has been tested. And he's come out authentic and real, and strong, and tough because of that. And you know what? Because of that, Mark has hope. Like you should have seen him yesterday. Though he's you know, weeping and he's mourning, there's a sense of hope about Mark Ratty. Just talk to him, you'll see it. Why? Because here's what the scriptures tell us. Maturity brings about hope. I mean, look at Romans 5 again with me. I want to point out verse 5, but I'm going to read again 3, 4, and 5. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, or maturity. And character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You know, I told you this morning that I wanted to speak to your hearts. Well, really, that's what, that's what God wants to do. That's, that's consistent. My, my desire to speak to your hearts is consistent with what God, which is greater, by the way, desires to do. He desires to, through trials and tribulations, speak to our hearts. And here's what he does. Through the Holy Spirit, through the Holy Spirit, He wants you to experience his love. I love this. You know, God doesn't just want to give you a cognitive, intellectual experience with him. He wants to to give you an experience with him in your heart. It's very real. And so what does he do? God sends his Holy Spirit into our hearts. That's what scripture says. God sends his Holy Spirit. The love of God through Christ meets us in our sufferings and through the presence of God. So when we turn to him, we somehow, in the midst of the suffering, in the midst of the trial, in the midst of the tri- tribulation, we meet God. We experience his love, and that's through the Holy Spirit. And here's what the scripture says. It says this, it says that, that the Holy Spirit, that, that what's been poured out into our hearts, that's been given to us, would not put us to shame. And, that, and some translation says, it will not disappoint us. Listen, God will not disappoint you if you turn to him in the midst of your trial, your suffering, your tribulation. He, he will not disappoint you because his spirit, his presence will fill your heart and remind you of his love and his presence through that time. Man, what a, what a, what a promise we have from God. You know, I mentioned steel earlier, talking about, talking about how steel goes into the fire and it's tempered. You know, of course, there's a history of steel making in western Pennsylvania. It's one of the things that, that we're proud of in this part of the world. And, and you know, it's interesting, the steel that came from Pittsburgh built America. I mean, America was built on the steel that came from Pittsburgh. But for us, I think we're more inclined to think about the people than the product. The people who made that steel. I mean, many of us, those are our forefathers, those are our ancestors, those immigrants who in the late 1800s and early 1900s came from Europe, Eastern Europe, and and settled here. You know, it's interesting what I've learned about those forefathers of ours in Pittsburgh. They, They came to Pittsburgh because they heard about something that was happening here. There was the hope of a better life. They heard that, hey, there, there's, there's industry that's sprouting up in Pittsburgh. You can get a job. You can make money. And so many of them kind of saw that brochure, so to speak, and they said, I want to go there. I want, I want something better for my family. And so they made the journey, and they came here. But here's what happened when they arrived here. When they arrived here in, in the Pittsburgh area, they actually encountered the difficulty of reality. I mean, for many people, the men who came here first... They'd be separated from their families for long periods of times. They they couldn't afford for the whole family to come. And so one would come from the family, the the father or the husband. He wouldn't see his wife wife for years or his children. I mean, so there was like this pain of separation. The reality just started to set in. Knowing that, there, there there was ethnic strife. The Scottish and the Irish against each other. Those people against the Hungarians. I mean, there was all sorts of ethnic strife that they encountered. This mixing of people coming together, and it didn't always work pleasantly. They lived in filthy conditions. You can imagine some of these people from the, coming from the countryside, from their farms in Europe. And they came here, and here are these steel mills that are bleeding out smoke and ash. And they lived in the midst of this a filthy place. The reality wasn't like the postcard. And not only that, they were in unsafe work conditions. I mean, people would die in the mills it wasn't like today and so they encountered all this with this hope and they encountered this difficulty like that steel like that steel those people our, our ancestors our forefathers those who pittsburgh was built on their shoulders they went through the fire and they persevered they endured that's you know, in our blood. I think we love that. That's in our blood, that kind of thing. Now, yeah, great. But I want to point to something more significant, something greater, and that's this Jesus. Jesus was put into the fire. I mean, Jesus endured the agony of the cross. You talk about a crucible, you talk about a fire. Jesus endured the agony of the cross. They plucked his hair out in his beard. He was scourged with a whip that ripped open the flesh on his back. The crown of thorns was pressed into his head. He was mocked. He was spat upon. Come on, you talk about fire, people. His his hands and his feet were pierced with spikes. You talk about a fire. You You talk about going through it. But Jesus endured And he persevered. And here's what we read about Jesus again in Romans 5, verses six to eight. The scripture says, you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person. Though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrated his own love for For us in this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Listen, it's in his blood. Do you hear me? It's in his blood. Jesus faced the greatest sufferings that anyone's ever faced so that you and I might have peace with God and be children of God. Jesus, man, he persevered so that we might persevere. Jesus endured so that we might have hope. Don't you see it? Listen, the message is really simple. Turn and have peace with God. Become children of God through him who suffered and endured and persevered even through death on the cross. And it gives you hope, grace to stand in right now, grace to look forward to someday, and it even gives you the ability to rejoice, to delight in the midst of the suffering and the trials and the tribulations that you will face here on this earth because we have a great hope in him who will meet us in the midst of our trials and tribulations. Here's my last statement to you. I pray that we as a church, that that you the people of God that we together may have the faith to persevere through all kinds of tribulations and trials and sufferings because of the peace of God the peace with God that is ours through Jesus Christ that's what prayer for us today in fact you know we're reading through this little Lenten devotional hopefully you got one of these And we're on day five today, but I want to read to you from day three, the prayer, and I'll close with this. It's a prayer that reflects what we've been considering today from from Romans 5. The prayer says this. Bow with me, please. Father, remind me that because Jesus experienced the darkness, you've shown me your light. Because he experienced alienation, you've promised me a home. Because he experienced the grave, you've given me the skies. And God, help me to not be afraid. Especially, Lord, when we consider our trials and our tribulations and our sufferings. Because you are my shield and my very great reward. Oh, God, we do come before you. And as we do, we thank you that we have peace with God through Christ. Through faith in Him alone. And we thank You, Lord, that we stand by by His grace today. We rejoice in Jesus. That's why we sing. And God, we look forward to eternity. Oh, we celebrate and we think about being with You forever and enjoying You forever. And God, as we face the trials and the tribulations and the sufferings of this life, I pray we would also... Recognize that these are things, sufferings, that will, will help us, that will bring us to be people who persevere. And that, that perseverance will bring about the ability and the character of maturity in us. And ultimately, Lord, the maturity will not disappoint us. It will actually produce hope in us. Help us, Lord, to learn this deep down inside. And I pray, Lord, if there's anyone right now, whether worshiping with us in this room or through Christ Church online, who's experiencing suffering and trials and tribulations of many kinds, that they would be encouraged to find the peace of God by being children of God and find the strength in Jesus who suffered, who endured who persevered so that we might endure and persevere. Find the strength of him to walk through anything this life would bring us. Teach us these things deep in our heart, God. God, we love you, and we thank you that you have paid the price for us, that you have endured through your son, Jesus, so that we might endure. We love you. We pray all this in Jesus' powerful name. Amen.